Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. Today's podcast comes from our weekly Facebook Live broadcast called Weekday Chat. To tune in live and interact with us online, join us during your lunch on Facebook, Wednesdays at noon. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey, welcome to Weekday Chat, where we, again, it's the look where we've been (laughs) and where we're going. I feel like I always screw that up. So where we've been, where we're going. Um, My name is Derek Skinner. I'm the high school minister here at Plainfield Christian. Yep, and uh, I'm Luke Proctor, also one of the ministers here. So feel free, uh, while we're here, let us know any questions or comments that you have. Derek, in particular, loves answering really hard questions on the spot. So let us <laughs> if know I didn't have my notes. as soon as you can, and we will love to, to, to put him on the hot seat here for a little bit. But Appreciate yeah, you really bet, nice you bet. Uh, so this last Sunday, we, we've been continuing in our series through Colossians chapter 3. We were in verses 12 through 17 this last Sunday, talking about clothe ourselves, that we're called to put on uh, the virtues of Jesus. Yeah, always good to clothe yourself. <laughs> Um, basically, the, because Jesus put on our sin, he was clothed in our yeah. sin, we can put on his virtue and we can we can become like Christ. And so mm. uh, it says, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and all these things. So we talked about uh, a lot of these uh, virtues on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, speaking of that, we say here's the question, first question there, Luke. This first question. All right. You ready? The all test right. is coming. Who wants to be a millionaire? All right. <laughs> because Jesus took on our sin... We can put on his virtue. You just said that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's one of the virtues Jesus helped you grow in this year? Yeah, uh, I think gentleness would, would probably be one that's honestly been fun for me to grow mm-hmm. in. I'm not a naturally gentle person, um, but I like being around <laughs> gentle people. You know, people who put you at ease. I will call him out. Kyle Ferguson's back there behind the camera. He's just like a super gentle person. So I like to try to surround myself with gentle people because uh, I want oh, people Kyle. to feel at ease around me. I love like listening to gentle people. So that's been one what he's trying to do in me right now is patience and i'm not good at that one yet but that's what he's been convicting me of lately i've heard with patience it's like when people pray for patience that means god's gonna have to put you in a situation it's the long light and i'm at the back it's the long line Uh, it's the kids aren't paying attention it's like i have to do weekday chat with Derek again yeah (laughs) you know be patient man be patient what about you bro uh i put on here i put humility um i think because of I mean, really, pandemic. So think, think humility. It's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking. Well, yeah, isn't that? It's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less often. Yeah, um, I've heard of it as appropriate smallness. Mm-hmm. And in light of all the pandemic stuff and seeing the things that actually really, really matter, seeing how something so simply small mm-hmm. has changed drastically, changed the entire world. Um, it just made me see. You know, I've got. I've got the dash between the numbers. That's what I have. I have that much time. And just to say, God, I want to do something. I want to do something that has an eternal purpose, that lasts, that way long outlasts me. Because mm-hmm. I, I can see humility. I can see I'm small. So I want to do something that's going to outlast me. And the only thing I can think of is I've got to be a part of something that is eternal, something that is long lasting. And that's God. That's where you come into play. So for me, the humility part, um, I can easily get prideful in what I do. And I think, I, I would imagine in some ways you've dealt with this too. Certainly. If I'm on stage and I'm in front of people, somebody comes up and slaps you on the back. I'm sorry, that's not social distancing. Um, <laughs> but it tells you you do good. You begin to believe it. I can remember mm-hmm. hearing somebody say this with some of your talk show hosts. They begin to think more and more of themselves because they got the crowd there always telling them the good things. Chairs are always pointed at you. And yeah. all yeah. of a sudden... 
you know, you begin to think highly of yourself more highly than you ought. So yeah. I think humility is one that God is, is definitely working on me in this season. And I would say patience. As a parent, I think patience is always going to be one that's there. Yeah. I, I just have to imagine. Yeah. I love how in Colossians 3, Paul gives us these really specific virtues, but then he also kind of just gives us these broad general commands. In verse 17, he says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And he gives us another one mm. similar in verse 23. He says, hey, whatever you do, work at it as though you're working for the Lord, not for human matters. So what does that mean to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? And how, how, like, how does that change our individual lives? How does that change the people we're around? Yeah, when I first heard the question, my, my thoughts went to what would change in your life if you knew whoever was in authority over you is watching, mm-hmm. right? And they're mm-hmm. right there watching yeah. you. I mean, and yeah. think of how that would drastically change, change a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my, my first thought. But um, I think we have to be careful, too, with the term, because you can think that one term itself, uh, the, the in the name of the Lord, has been used to justify some of the most horrendous acts in history. Yeah. So being smart about it, too. But uh, uh, the thing that sticks out to me would be saying, I need to know exactly what God's will is to under, truly understand God, who he is, his will, and what he desires, and then to not only see it. I mean, this is why Jesus, it comes in so big here uh, with the name of the Lord part, is to say Jesus is the one who embodied it. So let me not only see what Jesus says, but mm-hmm. let's see what Jesus does. Yeah. And know if you want to know what any religion is like, look at their leader. Mm-hmm. And and in this case, we should be taking our cues from Jesus and saying, this is how you treated people. This is how you lived it out. And then I want to mimic those things. I think if you're looking for an actual list, and we might talk about this a little bit uh, more here uh, soon, is I would go to Matthew Matthew 5, 6, 7, mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus' inaugural address. It's He's laying it out for his disciples and telling them, these are the expectations if you follow me. So if you're looking more practical, I, I would go there. But how it would change my mindset, I would be more kingdom-focused. Yeah, And that's what I, CIY, we got that coming up with the kids. Kingdom work never stops. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I, I'm starting to pray now, Luke, for the one conversation. Mm-hmm. Um I'm asking God, put somebody in my life who I just get to have one conversation that doesn't, I don't have to get them A to Z and let me, I mean, like, where's water? Let's find them and yeah. throw them in. Yeah. But I'm saying, give me one conversation that puts a rock in their shoe and moves them just a little bit farther. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping I can have more of that mindset because I think sometimes it gets so ingrained in the busyness, I just forget. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I, I'd say that's for me. Yourself, what would you what would you say yeah. here in the name of the Lord? Honestly, like this, the verse twenty three, uh, which is "work is a working for the Lord, not for human yeah. masters." The parallel there is probably the verse that I think of more than any other verse in the Bible. Mm. It just and it always pops in my head at the littlest random moments. Like uh, several days ago, we're on a walk, you know, just walking down the trail, and there's some trash on the side of the road, I and that, yeah. I walk past it, and then I just hear that in the back of my head, and it's like, oh, if Jesus were on this walk with me, I'd probably probably pick up that trash. So mm. I turn around and go pick up the trash and stuff it in my pocket till we get to a trash can. Does it feel you know, reluctantly like, when you do that? Yeah, a little bit. And okay. and it's hard because I have like perfectionist tendencies in me also. So mm. I don't want to just do that to gratify my own OCD. But mm. like I genuinely want to do little things well to glorify Jesus. Because yeah. Jesus says, hey, if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. Mm. And we believe that not all of you are called to go give your life to Jesus and die in martyrdom in a blaze of glory. <laughs> but he will be glorified like, honestly, in how you wash the dishes, you know, if you can do that for the glory of Jesus, and if Jesus were standing next to you, what attitude would you have? With what amount of excellence would you wash the dishes? We mm. really do believe the kingdom of God comes in little tiny things yeah. done with excellence in his name for his glory, both in our attitude, in our heart, and in the actual <laughs> excellence of our work that, you know, if you're a carpenter, 
your first responsibility as a Christian is to make good tables, you know, <laughs> like for the glory of God. That's what Jesus did. He spent the first 30 years of his life making stuff, and mm. I bet he did it well, mm. you know. So it would be interesting if he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Good thing that table thing worked out because carpentry wasn't his gig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. So man. so looking at this, and we're talking about Christian living. We've heard the term, and we've had the term in church before of holy. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be holy, and how do we live a holy life? Yeah. Well. Certainly, we have, probably most of us, when we think of holiness, we think of like this morality aspect to it. And it does have that, that God says, be holy because I'm holy. And I do believe there's a, a moral purity that comes with that. We're mm-hmm. called to be pure as God is pure. Um, but the word holy itself actually just means set apart. It means distinct, you know. Um, and, and he initially did this with, with Israel. He said, hey, you guys are my people. You're holy. doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're different than the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, and, and Paul says the same thing about us that because we are followers of Jesus, we've been clothed in his righteousness like we talked about, and he calls us saints all throughout the New Testament. That means holy ones. So you are literally holy. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've been set apart, and your life is now called to like live into that holiness and, and bring the moral dimension of that holiness in line with the objective reality that you've been set apart as a follower of Jesus. Now, the thing is, we can think of holiness as like, I'm off over here on my holy hill, separate from the world. I don't do what all those pagans do kind of thing. Look at me. I'm pure. We're the real followers. Mm. But that's not whatever holiness was meant to be about. Israel was set apart and called to be distinct and holy so that they could they could be sent back into the world, so that they could show the nations who God is. And the same thing is true of the church. We're called to be set apart, morally different and distinct, to live differently so that we can be in our neighborhoods and in our workplaces and in our families and in our schools and show the world what it's like. Jesus described our holiness in terms of salt and light. You know, we're, we're the salt of the world. We're the light of the world. Salt doesn't do any good if it stays in the salt shaker, you know? Light doesn't do any good uh, hidden under a a bushel, Jesus says. So we got to be separate and distinct and different in how you work and how you talk to your spouse and how you train your kids and how you vote and all those things. But in and amongst the people rubbing rubbing life on life. Mm. So practically, like, what, what's that look like? How, how do we live holy lives? Today? Well, and that's, I mean, I think that's interesting. I, I can think of a, I had a friend of mine in college, and I'm sure you've had people you've come across who, Craig was, he was one who lived that way. Mm-hmm. He worked at Goodies, which I think Goodies is out of, I think they're gone now. But he worked at Goodies, and he just worked hard. Mm-hmm. He did what he was supposed to do, even more so, mm-hmm. um, which again goes back to that Matthew Sermon on the Mount. I'm calling you to a, a righteousness that surpasses the Pharisees. He, yeah. he lived really, really well, and the other people around him were, were lazy, mm-hmm. and it stood out. It wasn't like he was trying to, you know, look how good I am. It was just yeah. that was his natural work ethic. When he did that, he was folding clothes, putting stuff back. People began to look on him favorably, and they asked him why he would do this, and from that, he began to have like the one conversation and one conversation led to more to where this one guy all of a sudden is starting to talk about God because of it. Now, I'm not saying this is going to work for everybody. That's the way we go about yeah, it. Yeah. But it is an interesting example of a life that has changed, that has lived differently because of God in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think for me, this is why I, I do land on that Sermon on the Mount so much, because I get to a, a picture of what God is expecting. Mm-hmm. When it's telling you, if you're angry or upset, this is how you handle those personal relationships. And how we handle that truly matters. I'm thinking if we're called to be ambassadors for God, we again, this goes back to the knowing his will. I need to know, I need to know him well enough to re- represent him well. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that's number one. Number two, I need to make sure when I'm talking to other people, I do that with grace. But how I live my life is going to matter a lot when it comes to my message. If those things do not mass up, match up, they begin to clash then they're not going to listen to what I have to say. So looking at holiness, I am set apart. I do understand what God's saying. I am going to live differently in light of what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he lays it out there. If there's if you have something wrong with your brother or sister, settle matters quickly. Can you think of how many relationships mm-hmm. could have been saved if we simply, when something came up, would have dealt with it head on instead of going around corners? I'm going to go talk to this person or that person and get a gang of people on my side mm-hmm. before we go and actually deal with this. Um, so there's just so many things where God is saying, this is how life would be. It would just be so much better if you did it how I originally intended. Yeah. And we don't. Yeah. Um, and I think it's making, make the small change now. Yeah. Um, so when I think of holiness too, I, I think of I think of those things. I think of, again the set apart and how do I live that out? Yeah, for sure. certainly. I know this can feel overwhelming to to like be thrown all you know yeah, have it thrown at you. be like Jesus, you know. Um, <laughs> but I'd encourage you just this week, uh, just spend three minutes in silence and ask God, what virtue do you want to develop in me, or what uh, vice do you want mm. to weed out of me. And uh, just work on one thing, one thing at a time, day by day. Uh, we will stumble and we will fall, but we will gradually become more like Jesus with God's help as we continue to seek him in prayer, to soak ourselves in Christian community, to spend time in his word. Uh, he will make you like his son. We will be clothed in his virtue. Uh, we love you. We're excited. Come back next Sunday. We're wrapping up our series through Colossians 3. Steve has some really great, just super practical nuts and bolts relational wisdom for us, and we hope to see you then. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church or would like to plan a visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.